0: In this week's episode, we have Derek Fletcher as our guest, and he shares with us his moving story. Me and Eric both hope you're going to enjoy listening to as much as we did. Now, I do these intros after the recordings of each episode, so uh, we aren't so on the spot with them, and I can remember to say important things. So, tonight you're going to hear about TeamAnnabelle.org. It's the organization that Derek and his wife formed after the birth of their daughter, Annabelle. I'm not going to sit here and talk about it with y'all. You're going to hear it in the episode, and he's going to do a lot better job explaining it than I will. But their website is where you can go to donate, and they use that money to help other people in need. Derek's a great man, and we want to do whatever we can to help out. Thank you.
1: start 55 years ago (laughs) Uh, i was born in baton rouge louisiana Uh, yeah and and my mother and father they were you know in their young 20s met at lsu Mm -hmm. and my father had always been a racer yeah you know race car driver motorcycle racer and my earliest memories are probably around six or seven years old Mm -hmm. living always living on the river somewhere wagaman or belchase places where people talk very cajun yeah, you know, I used to talk like that, believe it or not. laissez bontang, yeah. You know, so, um, but I've, I've moved so many places since then. I've, I've obviously lost that. But yeah. um, if you put me back there with those friends for just five minutes, I pick it right back yeah, up. So you I know, probably right? wouldn't Backhanded take long. long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy with the potato chips I was telling you about—it yeah. was just like that, and we hadn't yeah. seen each other in thirty years, and it was just Man. like. Hey, man, where you at? You know, it was just. (laughs) But uh, anyway, so I was born in Baton Rouge, raised in in the New Orleans area. Mm -hmm. My father um, was a motorcycle guy, owned a motorcycle dealership in New Orleans, and built a motocross track Mm -hmm. between the levee and the river that eventually became known as the New Orleans Grand Prix of motocross. Wow. And so I got to grow up in that in that arena with all these heroes of mine, you know, dirt bike riders and stuff. Dang. That must have been awesome. It was, uh, you know, I didn't know it. I didn't know any different. But later on, I I came to realize how awesome that was. Yeah. And um, later on, my parents got divorced. But here's how important racing was in our family. My mother had a, a prerequisite for any man who wanted to date they had to be willing to support my motorcycle race oh, wow. so she <laughs> missed and married a guy who was all in yeah and so i never missed a beat um i raced motocross uh, up until i was 14 and I, I ran away to go find my father wow. who still had that motorcycle dealership and i lived with him until i was 18 and considered uh, racing professionally but made the right decision to go to college
2: what did you go to college for
1: uh well i went to be pre-med like every other guy that right. started there i think right. but uh eventually i set it on english and history just cool. because i was good at those things um and so you know i went to lsu for like six or seven years working and going to school and and picked up on bull riding while wow. i was there so uh, you did good I, at it yeah i did it for seven years Golly. Uh, i've got a host of buckles and dude you
2: you walked in like there was nothing wrong you must have been really good but <laughs> well, you notice i'm you
1: know having to drink a, a cold beer to get through this no i uh i feel it every morning it takes a little longer to work the kinks out right um had had some concussions i'll stutter a little bit sometimes you know and i'm sure that has something to do with it but it was uh, a great adventure i uh, i went in the air force and actually Became a member of the Armed Forces Rodeo Team. Dang man! Didn't know that Dude, your tax I dollars did that. Uh, I had no <laughs> idea. That. Well, thank
2: you for your services. Yeah, man. thank
1: you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Um, definitely my honor. And you know, military was a tradition uh, on both sides of my family, so it was it was great to be able to serve. Um, I've got a my oldest son was a Marine, and he's wow. he served four years, and he's been at uh, the Antarctic and the Arctic. in the the past year and a half so he just got a service medal today that's uh, serving up there so it's kind of in our family but that racing vein um never left me even though i was you know got into the cowboy thing for many years Mm -hmm. i did that because i couldn't afford to race oh yeah you know and so i was just an adventure seeker adrenaline junkie yeah
2: adrenaline junkie that's (laughs) That's what
1: the air force was kind of all about too for me and just flying around and then um so you're a legitimate pilot? No, I was a loadmaster on a C-130. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, my job was, you know, you got all the troops on board. I open the back ramp and push everybody out. Go, the back go, say go! Goodbye. <laughs> oh, See man, you in that Paris. Must have been you know? cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a good life. Um, I remember getting out of the Air Force and kissing the ground and saying, "I'll never fly again." Yeah. You know. Um, have you flown since? Yeah, I've, I've had to. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's it's different. When you're in a one thirty and you're flying over the Atlantic, yeah and you're hitting turbulence and there's no guts in a one thirty. You see all oh. the hydraulics and all oh, it. it's no. very intimidating and then you look up front and the pilot's like you know twenty eight years old and you're oh. like, "Oh God, get us <laughs> <laughs> <Yes, laughs> through this kid <laughs> That must've um, been
2: terrifying I've never been in the military Nothing yeah, like that
1: it it was um man there's I've got a chapter in my book dedicated to it it it'll I was lucky enough to be in the shit. <laughs> because to me, when you go through all the training, if you can't be in the shit, then why what are you training, for? you know? And <laughs> so, uh, but that leaves you with some scars and some memories yeah. and, and some healing to do, which I've been able to do through writing the book actually. So, um, is
2: that your like form of therapy releasing?
1: It was, it took seven years to write vicariously me. And, uh, it was published in 2014 by Amazon mm-hmm. and we've been on a roll ever since. And, uh, now we're working on the second edition and uh the audiobook that i was telling you about earlier so awesome man it's one thing great about writing a book it never goes away it's always yours you can always revise it later if you need to well Um, i
2: work at bad boy weldon freaking eight hours a day so that's kind of how i got into podcasts was listening to that for the past almost two years and i got tired of music so jumped onto that and um crap i forgot where
1: i was going my bad well so when you're at work do you get to listen to podcasts and things yeah. while you're working yeah okay, cool. anything oh yeah
2: that's where i was going yeah um i've really been wanting to either learn another language or jump into audiobooks because i enjoy hearing stories like now i listen to conspiracy theory podcasts so that's pretty cool yeah and um so I would love, like, once you get your audio book up to give it a listen to, definitely.
1: Oh, great. I, I appreciate that. I, I would love for you to. Yeah, I think sure. uh, I'm going to cut out a couple of chapters. I've already cut out half the first one. Yeah. Um, I learned a, a, a lot about my editor at first told me, whatever you do, don't put that chapter first. Mm-hmm. But I was such a rebel, and I was like, well, this whole book is about beating the establishment. <laughs> so i'm gonna put it in there and it's probably cost me some book sales over the years but i think for the most part this book has turned out to be for men 25 to 55 or 60 years old yeah they all love it but the minute their wives find it and start looking they get really mad about the book oh, so man. i think there's a lot of truth in it then and you know getting yeah. mad about it. but oh, uh, well, if you upset people then you're telling the truth yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely it's very entertaining um but you know back to where we were going i I grew up in the new orleans area i went to lsu uh went in the air force after that was married with two kids um and then uh my wife and i divorced while i was in the air force because i was gone all the time right it was it was rough for her and for me yeah and uh, so she went back to mississippi with the kids when i got out of the air force i went to mississippi and was fortunate enough to eventually gain custody of my kids. Okay. And yeah. so two sons and me together for, you know, 12, 13 years, it was yeah. just, just us, the three amigos. Yeah. And and we were really into the rodeo life still and, and the farm life and all that.
2: Man, that sounds like a blast.
1: It was cool. It was, uh, you know, I, I was very fortunate to raise them in a rural environment, keep yeah. them away from all the, the pitfalls of the city life. Yeah. You the, know? The, the, the Ugh, the city is rough <laughs> yeah and i grew up in the city so you know it was a stretch for me to end up in the country and uh, i wouldn't have it any other way i consider myself a country boy now oh yeah definitely same here yeah but um so you know i did the rodeo thing i did the air force thing i got out started doing the farming thing and just paying attention to getting my boys raised up
3: yeah
1: we lived in the clinton area where they played football mm-hmm. all through high school And then once they graduated high school a few years ago, we moved back to the Batesville area, built another farm. And um, we've had two daughters since then. I got remarried to Stephanie. We've had two daughters. I've got a 10-year-old daughter named Madeline Mm -hmm. and a four-year-old daughter named Annabelle. Nice. So this is where life changes forever for us is when Annabelle was born. Mm -hmm. Um, Four years ago. It'll actually be four years ago this wednesday april the 14th Mm -hmm. she'll be four years old nice and uh, she was born here in the hospital in batesville she checked out fine by the doctor and uh, ob-gyn and all that and we went home and that night we started noticing she wasn't quite as energetic Mm -hmm. the next morning uh, she started kind of looking lackadaisical you know i don't know she was just limp sort Mm -hmm. of and so my wife took her straight to Dr. White's office, who was our pediatrician at the time. And it was storming, it was pouring down rain, and it was before office hours. Mm-hmm. So she's holding our baby in her arms and she's realizing things are deteriorating really fast. Yeah, She's really just out of it. Just so happens the door's open. Mm-hmm. She goes in, the nurse sees the baby, calls Dr. White. Dr. White looks at the baby and right away says, we've got to go. They run across the parking lot to the emergency room where Dr. White's already on the phone with them in the rain crossing the parking lot right. telling them to prep and get ready. This, this baby's dying. And um, this was only, we had only been home a day and a half right. from the wow. hospital and didn't know anything was wrong. It um, was a lot. Man. Dr. White, Dr. Moody was on staff that day um, and there were a couple of wonderful nurses that saved our baby's life that day. And we found out um, after we were um, transported to Children's Hospital, that our baby was born with half of a heart. Wow. Um, so it was amazing that she even lived a day yeah, and a half. One, and it was right. amazing that it didn't show up in the ultrasound. And it, well, it did, but somebody didn't read it correctly, right? Uh, it, they didn't do a pulse ox test, which is required by law when you leave the hospital, mm-hmm. or they would have known something was wrong. So with all that said, you know, a day and a half, two days later, our world has changed. We're just trying to figure out what in the world is this thing they call congenital heart disease. Mm-hmm. We we didn't know. And so we start on this journey of not only trying to save our daughter's life, but what is our future going to look like? Can we take care of her? Um, is she going to live? Yeah. And And what are all the intricacies and complications of this disease? And so I've got to hand it to my wife, Stephanie. I mean, she could probably be an RN on the cardio floor for pediatrics by now. I mean, she's, she knows a lot. Yeah. And, and the doctors and nurses really respect her when we're at the hospital Mm -hmm. because she's got such educated questions. Yeah. You know? And, um, so with all that said, we, that's when we started our journey was four years ago. Life changed entirely for us. And we look at things so much differently now. And the one thing that we, decided on after three months at Children's Hospital, three months of living at Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. We came away from there with a much deeper appreciation for the people who run that house and everything it takes to do so. And they only charge parents $10 a night if you can pay it all. Golly. So there are those of us who can pay more, and we do. Mm-hmm. But that's just, it's what I love about the Ronald McDonald House, by the way, is that everyone's welcome as long as there's room for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no, nobody looks at color. Nobody looks at socioeconomics. No one cares where you're from. The only thing they care about is you've got a child across the street who's hurting. You're fighting these battles every day. And this is going to be your green zone. This is where you come to recharge mm. and join the battle again at four o'clock in the morning when you go back to the hospital Man. and um, the people at children's hospital, uh, the smiles on their faces every day. how they do it, I don't know right. Not every nurse is good. We had our challenges, but most nurses are great yeah you know and, and, and the doctors are the true miracle workers, the surgeons who can take a heart that's literally half the size of my thumbnail because it's missing the other half when she's born. Mm -hmm. It's called hypoplastic left heart syndrome where the left part of the heart didn't form. Mm -hmm. So a ventricle and a valve, things that it takes for our hearts to work, hers didn't even have it. So the surgeons go in with their binoculars on their glasses and they're looking at this tiny little heart that's half the size of your thumbnail and they're, they're trying to figure out ways to let this little heart pump enough blood to the right organs at the right times, how they do it. I don't know. Right. Man. So far, she's had, um, two open heart surgeries. Um, one is where they, they did the, something called a Glenn procedure where they bypass some things and hook some other things up that don't really belong there. And then the second one, um, I can't remember the name of it now. It's always named after the surgeon who invented the procedure. Yeah. But they pulled an artery down from her neck and attached it to her heart. That's amazing. Right. right. And it's, it's given her more <laughs> blood flow, more blood volume, and more importantly right now, more oxygen that's in that blood because her little heart can't pump enough oxygen into her blood. So while most of our blood has a lot of oxygen and is, is red, her blood is mostly blue. And you can tell when she's fatigued. For instance, tonight when I left, her fingertips are purple. The bottoms of her feet are purple. Mm-hmm. Her cheeks are blue. She starts to get muddled and lose color. That's because she's just very, very tired. Her heart can't pump anymore today like it's been doing as she runs around being a Place, little girl.
2: Yeah, trying to yeah. enjoy her life, man. Yeah. Shit, I feel She's even...
0: It. The fact that they've got her to the point where she can do anything Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. amazing
1: and and this is what's you're right and this is what's so amazing is if she walked in here right now with a shirt on you wouldn't know Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know Um, she's had a lot of physical therapy a lot of speech therapy because she was in the hospital for so long during those formative times that when she got out she had a lot of catching up to do right but here it is four years later she's lived longer than they probably thought they she would right uh we're about to celebrate a wonderful birthday out of that experience by the way my wife stephanie and i decided we were not going to live the same way Mm -hmm. we weren't going to keep squirreling away savings for a future that may not ever get here we weren't going to keep thinking about such long-term goals that we forget about our short-term goals yeah and so I don't want to say we became reckless with our money. We didn't. But we started doing things that were on our bucket list. We didn't waste any more time. Yeah.
2: Living yeah. life.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that, that my wife started was a foundation called A Heart Like Mind Foundation. Mm-hmm. And what she wants to do is help other mommies who have gone through what she's gone through. When you don't have anybody really to talk to about it locally or... Maybe you've just been in the hospital for so long, your bills are getting out of control. You've got things that not even welfare and food stamps will pay for. Things like tires, gasoline to and from your hometown to Little Rock for a hospital visit.
0: Right, yeah, that really adds up. Yeah. yeah man.
1: A lot of these parents working hourly jobs, they take off from work three or four weeks for a hospital stay. It's devastating to them, you know? Yeah, man. So that's where my wife's foundation really helps. We started off helping local people, local parents that we met through Ronald McDonald House and through Children's Hospital. And um, that has grown. Um, recently, she helped a lady in Michigan whose daughter had been in the hospital for two years since the day she was born. Had never seen outside of the hospital, had never seen a home or a McDonald's or a car.
3: Yeah.
1: And, um, this day was fast approaching where they might get to go home and so my wife reached out not only do they talk on the phone quite a bit but she helped her financially when she got home she could you know pay some bills and get caught up a single mother with two other daughters at home counting on the grandparents for a lot of help right and so this is going on all around us and it's of course not just heart disease but cancer kids and you name it and so I see this foundation, I know De- uh, Stephanie does, this foundation is just going to grow as, as more and more people become supportive of it financially, then she'll be able to reach out to more people in more states Definitely. who are going through this. Various, I can't imagine going through what, what we went through by myself.
2: Right,
1: man. Can you imagine being a single mom <laughs> oh, with two, two daughters at home that you never get to see anymore, and you're trying to keep your baby alive, and it's been two years. Yeah, no, you know? that would be horrible, man, so on top of yeah. yeah, it's it's just a great thing to have this, this foundation, and it's a great opportunity here to talk about it. We've had so much support locally. Um, I think two weeks ago, Stephanie set out on social media to raise $4,000. Mm-hmm by the time uh Annabelle reached her fourth birthday on April the 14th Mm -hmm. we are on the cusp of $14,000
2: well look at you go man $14,000
1: awesome that just goes out to a lot of local people a lot of people we haven't met all across the nation that that we're able to uh, reach out to on social media Mm -hmm. and uh um I guess we can talk about Corvette racing in a little bit. That's where a lot <laughs> well, of mean, the support comes from. Yeah. As a uh, fellow racers that we've met at the racetracks. Um, well,
2: I know that's kind of how me and you kind of got in touch. One day I seen you drive by when I was almost home and I was just like, oh, wow, that is the first C8 I've ever seen. And it was very unique looking. Yeah.
1: And awesome, I, thanks. I must have been driving back from Stanley Wood Chevrolet. so man, it, was,
2: <laughs> it was just nice. I knew right away. I was like, oh, it's a beautiful color, some red in there. I don't yeah. know if I've ever seen this with my own eyes before. Boom, there it was. Yeah. And then I sought out to find it on Facebook, and I couldn't believe it. Like, just in a few hours, I found you, and I sent you that message. I'm so man. glad
1: you did. And that's a great segue to, you know, what's my part in all this? I'm I'm not running a foundation, but I love to race. Right. And I was gonna get. I was in the Corvette business. We were renting Corvettes mm-hmm. uh, at municipal airports all around the state. Just before COVID hit, uh, all the uh, traveling kind of stopped, and then we were we had some racetrack rental programs going on. The racetracks all started to close down. Yeah. So we got rid of those Corvettes as quick as we could. But I uh, I kept one for myself, and then I, I traded up to the C8 as soon as it came in.
2: Heck yeah. (laughs) And,
1: uh, you know, I just picked up with racing right where I left off. But how can I use racing to bring awareness to what congenital heart disease is? Right. And so I plastered the car in foundation decals. And that gave me a a wonderful chance to talk about it in the pits at the racetrack. People Mm -hmm. walk by and they ask about, what's a heart like mine foundation? And I just put my arm around them and start talking about Annabelle and, yes, and our sir. experience, you know, and, and next thing you know, man, they they might stop by and give you a big check for the foundation to help people. Right. Um, and it, it's amazing, too, how many people are giving to the foundation that either have never met Annabelle, never met us, but they believe in what we're doing. Right. Um, that takes an enormous amount of trust, as you can imagine. These Definitely. people work hard for their money. Definitely. You know, whether it's twenty bucks or two hundred bucks, we've had people give two thousand. Mm. It's to them, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and boy, we appreciate it, and um, we're gonna try to do more videos and more pictures of the people that we're helping.
2: Yeah. Well, we want to jump on board and help as thank much you. as we can man yeah Straight for real any Appreciate which that. way whatever it takes we'll throw you in every every episode from here on out whatever yeah, it cool. takes man because Thanks. your cause is great the greatest that I've heard by far in a long time thank you man. so no, I'm I've on board that 100% a awesome
0: you got a link to a website or anything team
1: is the best place to go and donate it's the quickest way to get the money into the hands of the people that need it um sometimes we'll run fundraisers on facebook mm-hmm. if you give uh to a heart like Mind foundation on facebook it usually takes two or three months to get that oh my gosh and it doesn't really break it down as to who gave how much money yeah so it, it's helpful to us to know you know who's given what so that yeah. we can really give them the proper recognition and
0: Definitely. appreciation but um, I'll have that in the description so people can click on it and go straight to it. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So
1: www.teamannabelle.org. And right. it's, it's a A-N-N-A-B-E-L-L-E. So it's the old fashioned way to spell it. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah. But she's a beautiful girl. She's uh, She's just now realizing that she has a scar. Mm-hmm. And that she's a little different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, so man. I just went out, got a tattoo of a big scar on my chest oh, to match man. hers. You know, so she can, she'll look at that and be like, oh, she's not all alone. You know, she doesn't feel, Dude, you know, you're, left. You, out. I
2: strive to be a dad like you. You're amazing. Hey, man, you're, love will yeah, get
1: absolutely. you there, brother. I tell you, Definitely. love will make you do all kinds of stuff.
2: My, uh, my fiance, she's got three kids prior to our relationship, and I love them like my own. <clears throat> just a few months ago <clears throat> well just a few weeks ago we found out that she's pregnant and hey. so we're adding an addition to it and hey, everything and right. man it's really before the, I got around the kids and everything I don't know I guess I was still kind of young and dumb and, and selfish and what not even though I did so much for others I thought but until you have to take care of kids and they're you know they you love them and hate them all not hate but you know that love hate no, relationship yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like but those moments where you're just like in love with those kids it's every bad thing in the world
1: everything you've been through is worth it yeah and i can only imagine man you're you're freaking awesome i think anytime you feel like you could give your life for someone else i mean and your kids obviously you would definitely so it's just uh it doesn't get any closer than that 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 bond um and i've got four kids by the way i'm not sure if i mentioned rex so i've got wyatt he's uh 25. Rex is 23, and then Madeline is 10, and Annabelle is four. So they're they're the two boys are a little older, yeah. but they're awesome brothers. They're so supportive. Uh, Rex works for, for uh, First Community Bank in town, mm-hmm. and uh, Wyatt uh, works for an engineering firm. And as I stated earlier, he's uh, he's been in the Arctic and Greenland. Uh, before that, he was in Antarctica. Oh, my God. And he just signed up to go back to the South Pole in October. So he, he leaves. He's gone for six months at a time. And uh, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. He, was, he was with a five-person team up at the North Pole for the last, uh, I gosh it was like seven months total that he was gone. He just got back in February. I wonder and, how long it takes to get tired of those five
2: people. Just being... you know
1: I, mean? I mean, it's really – it's yeah pretty quick because they and they even have every week they have uh the company this engineering firm would pay a counselor to get on zoom or however they do it Mm -hmm. and they would have sessions with the group and with individuals just to try to keep everybody's minds right you know a little which is pretty genius
0: ease up on the cabin fever Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah
1: so it's it's amazing. I'll show you some of the pictures and videos, and you could probably see it on uh, Instagram. By the way, yeah, definitely. Pretty amazing stuff to be at the top of the world.
2: Yeah, you know? uh, And if uh, people follow us on Facebook, whenever we do post these videos, we try to give some context to everything we do talk about. So I know I was wanting to put like a picture of your Corvette, and then maybe you know some of the videos and whatnot you're talking about. I get some of those to put up there, great. Because the context for everything, man. That's that's one thing I want to do here is make sure
1: like. Paint a vivid picture for people and then just, you know, I don't know. Right on. Yeah, I agree. Um, and if I may, just talk a minute about the sponsors on our Corvette because yeah, whatever yeah, you go want, ahead. But this yeah, is your
2: episode 100%. You know,
1: obviously, people don't sponsor us because they're making money off of us. We right. don't have, you know, a huge TV audience and all that kind of stuff. They do it because they believe in what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'll start with uh, Centerpoint Graphics, for instance. My car is obviously, it's got decals and wrap yeah. on it and stuff with all the sponsors. He's the guy who does it. Jody and and Chris and Shannon over there. Is um, that up
2: in Southside?
1: It is. Well, it's actually um, closer to the Batesville Speedway. Okay. Center Point okay. Graphics. And um, so they do a great job for us, and they don't charge us anything for the decals, and that's, that's expensive, so yeah, that really helps. Yeah. We couldn't get the word out without that definitely um, Stanley Wood Chevrolet mm-hmm. has been outstanding for us not only on service and maintenance but just um, making sure that we get our car ordered and get it in when we can even though there was yeah. COVID going on and all that stuff and they just they keep us on the road and keep us going yes sir um, in full disclosure I pay for the Corvette mm-hmm. and and uh, but sponsors like Ed Zinny, who is a millionaire friend of mine in Houston he he pays for all our tires. Awesome. So I mean, we go That's through. That's a load it. off. That's yeah. big, dude. That's two grand a weekend sometimes. Yeah. You know. So, um, again, Ed Zini supports us because he believes in the message. Mm-hmm. You know, he he likes to see me race, but he's not going to support me just so I can go have my jollies. Right. You know? Yeah. He's he believes in the message. Um, recently, we had. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think, we really sponsor heart like mind foundation instead of vice versa Mm -hmm. and we sponsor the ronald mcdonald house charities organization of arkansas so if you'd like to give to them that's wonderful it's a wonderful cause yeah for sure um like i said earlier they in in these times of of racial tension and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff we got going on that's one place that i can always be that i never feel that Yeah, You know what I mean? That's awesome. There are people from everywhere walking around in that place. Most of us are in a daze because we're worried about our kid. Right, right. But it crosses all boundaries and and all the gaps between us. There's never a problem with going to the house at 2 a.m. and scratching up a meal in their kitchen Mm -hmm. and talking to another parent who's going through the same thing you are. Yeah. You know? I mean, that is huge. Especially when you've been there for you know 120 days, or yeah. Yeah. Or, and you think the world forgot about you. you yeah. Know, so
2: there's somebody else in the trenches with you. Yeah.
1: And and it's unfortunately it's a revolving door. Every time parents leave, there's more it's parents. Someone coming else. leave. Yeah. it's so, a lot of
2: a lot of heartbreak in this yeah. world, but that's a lot of support there too. Yeah. And support is what you really
1: need in those times. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And you know, there's a lot of things you can give your money to. There's a lot of people asking for it. A lot of great causes out there. Um, I try to just really stick to the people who touch the people close to us in our community. Yeah. And then once we've taken care of those needs, we can reach out French, further. Definitely. So there are a lot of people in, in need around here of, of all, you yeah. know, you, you, you know, people who, yeah who need help. and, uh, it's just great to have a, a venue and an avenue to be able to help people. So the Corvette helps us do that. It helps us raise awareness, helps us raise money, mm-hmm. um, we get to go all over the country in that car racing uh, i race in a in a series put on by an organization called nasa which is a national auto sports association nice. but they're they are national and, and we race all over the place uh, we raced in kentucky we're going to be at uh, st louis in a couple of weekends. Um, the national finals will be in Daytona in September. That sounds
2: pretty so awesome. So that's
1: going to be pretty high profile and have a little I've been television. following
2: your Facebook stories. You keep it pretty interesting,
1: man. Oh, thank you, man. Does the Corvette keep your attention or is it just all the. Variety? Everything,
2: everything in the. I never know what it's going to be. Yeah. Like sometimes it's the Corvette and sometimes it's just you enjoying things. It's yeah. like, wow, man. Cool. Okay.
1: Yeah. You you might have also seen on there uh, videos of us. We, we bring heart kids, kids who've had heart surgeries or they have heart issues mm-hmm. are generally restricted in the kind of activities they can do. Right. So we set up, uh, I've got a dirt oval track. It's a quarter mile long. And I used to have go-karts, but we uh, we upped our game a little bit to Polaris Razor oh. 170s. <laughs> and I had four of those at one time. Now I'm down to two. But we have these families come out and visit. We'll have lunch we uh we have a very safe vehicle with a governor on it we can actually make these things walking speed yeah. like mom and dad could walk next to the vehicle while two siblings drive it yeah and and how it usually works out is the heart patient may be a 4 or 5 year old mm-hmm. riding in the passenger seat and maybe they have a 10 or 12 year old brother or sister who can actually drive yeah, yeah. and they go around on this oval Give track and notes. the smiles are huge man and it's because the whole family gets to enjoy it you know, we'll have hot dogs and Zaps, potato chips, and you know, sodas and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, but it not only does it bring joy to us and brings joy to other people, but we—I don't know—we just uh, we're all looking for hope. Yeah. You know, and we find hope in the smiles that the kids give us. Yes, sir. And if we can introduce them to motorsports, that's my thing. Yeah, so that's definitely. what I do. That's if I were I'm a fisherman, I'd take them fishing. You know, yeah. so uh, it's all—it's all working good. I used to um I used to get offended maybe still I still do a little bit people used to say about my daughter's condition god has his reasons or all kinds of good things are going to come out of this mm-hmm. when that is first happening to your family you hear that and you're yeah. like how dare you i don't want my daughter to be the example yeah um and we don't we didn't ask for this. And so you go through a period of questioning your faith a lot. I still right. do. My wife is very strong. I'm not that way. Um
2: Has that affected y'all's relationship in any ways? Her her staying as
1: no, strong as that's you know. a great question. Um no because I support her and I want her to keep her faith. Yeah. For both of us.
2: Okay, awesome.
1: I, I put more faith in the hands of the surgeons. I find mm-hmm. that they are the miracle workers. Right. But, um, you know, we'll,
2: I, no, I, I'm a humble my, man I'm, and I'm I right believe in a higher you. power.
1: I just don't know if God is, is in everything that we do sometimes. Yeah. And I think in large part it's up to us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just is what it is and it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. And we fight it all along the way. And, uh, you know, going back to Annabelle coming up on her fourth birthday, we didn't think would get this far
2: right man and here she
1: is yeah here she kicking is
2: kicking and going dude and
1: and we're looking forward to possibly a, another open heart surgery this june mm-hmm. which would be where they would pull the second artery down from her neck and connect it to her heart
2: okay so more blood flow more, more oxygen
1: oh yeah you got it the pitfall of that is it's also more internal pressure okay and so we we struggle with keeping her pressures inside of her veins and mm-hmm. Um, low enough that it won't be pushing out more blood vessels into the tissue because that robs her of much needed blood volume mm-hmm. and her lack of blood oxygen the more volume you lose the more oxygen you're losing gotcha. so they've got her on all kinds of medications to try to keep those blood pressures correct her correct is a lot different than our oh act, yeah right? definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's here's a really interesting note A couple of years ago, they were not using Sildenafil, which is Viagra, Mm -hmm. on these patients. But our daughter is one of the first. And since they've started giving her Sildenafil three times a day, which is enough to kill a normal man, and hers is in liquid form. Mm -hmm. If you can imagine, instead of a little blue pill, it's a $9,000 bottle of liquid, and it's only going to (laughs) last a couple of weeks. It's it's robbery. That's another story. But yeah, man. You know you do what you got to do, and uh, so she's been taking this sildenafil, and not only does the her her blood pressure medicine bring her internal blood pressure down, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't enough. She was forming these little collateral blood vessels throughout her body, and they weren't able to go in and tie those off fast enough, Uh, and so she stood a chance of hemorrhaging to death. Mm -hmm so they started giving her this drug and it's lowered the pressure even more inside it's a a different kind of pressure than just blood pressure Mm -hmm. but it it stemmed the tide there's no longer as many um extra blood vessels starting to form and so that's just a miracle in medicine that we didn't have even a couple of years ago yeah man. nobody even thought about that well
2: that's awesome they figured it out yeah
1: you just got to keep hoping they keep coming up with stuff yeah you know and uh our ultimate goal for Annabelle, by the way, is to get her healthy enough to be a donor heart candidate. Mm-hmm. In order to be a donor heart candidate, you have to have everything else has to be pretty much in order. Right. Yeah. So if you've got other things that are going on, like with her. You get knocked down the list a little bit. Yes. They're not going to even put you on the list until your lungs are proper. Yeah. Your kidney functions proper. Your oxygen levels are proper. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to stand the donor heart because there's just so many complications with that. Yeah. So that's where we're at. We're just trying to get everything in that perfect balance at the right time that one day she could possibly receive a donor heart and you know live another 10 years. I don't know if anybody knows this, but donor hearts typically only last 10 years, no matter how old the heart is when you receive it. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. But that's still 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) I'd take that. And I know, you know, I've read about people now who've had multiple, at least two, transplants. Yeah. Because the first heart lasted about 10 years and they replace it with yet another one after that. So that's, these are just little things that we didn't know anything about either, you know, four years ago. Yeah. And we've just been on this journey where we keep learning and and I keep trying to pass it on to other people because how else would you know? You if guys are, didn't let are,
2: you? are troopers, man. You're powerful people. Thank you. you. You keep it together, man. You're so calm, cool, and collected, man. I would be like, with my just everyday talking to strangers, anxiety, and then you telling me about this, like my hands have been sweaty. I've been mm-hmm. fidgety over here. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm having a, a panic <laughs> oh, attack over here just listening. Like, you you, guys, man, you, you're in there and you're doing it, and I'm – I'm,
0: Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the subject is. I'm sitting over that here freaking like, awesome. thinking about my child. Yeah. She's upstairs yeah. asleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She she was uh, born a little early. I'm thinking about a month because she was born late September. She was due late October. Okay. But uh, my wife had to be induced because when they went to. Uh, she went to one of her appointments and they did the ultrasound and she's like,
3: mm,
0: something right. She's Ooh. she's small for where she should be. And it wound up that um, Whitney had preeclampsia. My mom's had it with me, my two sisters, and apparently it's what passed on. Huh. What is that? It's where your blood pressure like goes. Way, way, way up. Like, to the point where it could kill you. Okay. And, apparently that's passed on from the father. Okay. And so... Shame on you. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) But... Your one contribution. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: You had one
2: job. You gobbled his balls. Uh,
0: (laughs) Her blood pressure was actually causing her to not grow properly. Mm -hmm. But... She was just kind of barely lagging, so they went ahead and induced her, and born early. She was only four pounds, six point one ounces. I was smaller than she was. I was like three pound. I was. I think I was less than three and a half pounds when I was born. It must have been all head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we've been. I mean, listening to all this, we've been so fortunate that nothing has been wrong with her. From being born earlier, have any of those complications? Fantastic, it's just gut wrenching to hear it. I'm, I'm over here trying to keep yeah, composure. Man.
2: I I've never, man. I've seen a lot of crap in movies and whatnot, and these
1: TV shows and everything, but sitting here firsthand, man, it's something. It's something. It's it's really, um, yeah, man. I, I can remember. I've tried to forget actually, but I can remember nights in the hospital room when your baby's laying there and she's a newborn and she's in this plexiglass box yeah and she has so many wires and tubes hooked up to her and I can show you a picture where her heart has been split open and there is a clear plastic bandage over it but you can see her heart pumping oh wow she was like that for 30 days oh my gosh 30 days while the swelling went down before they could close her back up. So as parents, you're with your child twenty hours out of the twenty four hour day. And that's the sight and you that's get to see. And that's what you see. Yeah. You can't hold her. She is on a paralytic, so she's laying there on her back with her arms and legs open, you know? Yeah. Um, all she can do is move her eyes. And you just think about what is that baby thinking? Yeah. You know? Like and here's the truly amazing thing. I have pictures of this also. This is, this is how we made it. On nights when we thought we were just going to lose it because of the, the alarms and the bells and the nurses coming in all the time. Every time your kid falls asleep, they come in and probe it and check, check it. and Yeah. You know, you're just like, ah. Our daughter used to sleep and smile and hold her fist up. with tubes and needles and stuff in her arm i have pictures of it with her chest open a true champion man like angels in the room brother i'm telling you i would just sit there it would be dark everybody it's like everybody's asleep at two or three in the morning pretty Mm -hmm. much except for a nurse that's making rounds and and my wife and i would just sit there in amazement like you'd feel this thing like Who's who's? How how is our daughter dreaming and smiling yeah. of what? Yeah, she's never been out of the hospital, right? <laughs> she's only a month old or two months old, and so it really gets you to wondering. Like, I'd love to to ask her. Do you remember that? Of course, she probably wouldn't. Right. Um, but it's things like that that give you hope. It's the little the little bitty things. It'll just get you through the day. A, a, a child's smile or a, a fist held up in defiance mm-hmm. that I'm I'm here and I'm gonna make it so don't you don't Hell you yeah. give up. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and so that's where we are today. And and man, four years ago we traveled a lot. We loved to vacation in Florida. My wife's from Florida. Um, we would, you know, every couple of months we would go somewhere. Yeah. On the drop of a hat course annabelle changes all that you know right. we have to it's all very restrictive in what mm-hmm. we can do pre yeah even everything. a babysitter is a big deal yeah. you know so um amber stanfield i want guy to give a shout out she's the greatest babysitter in the world heck yeah uh, <laughs> and um also my cousin aaron miller she's been wonderful too so it's it's very special people that you can trust your baby with while yeah. you're gone for a weekend and you you obviously
0: can't do it very often so no, no. Um, shoot I'm I'm leery about that even and with the help, Yeah, <laughs> World's crazy these
2: days. Yeah.
0: Well you see all that stuff where you know, the nanny or whatever is like beating the child yeah, like, on the I would strangle one, right? somebody. Yes. Like, I'd have cameras all
1: over the dang house. <laughs> yeah. You <know>? Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> and I'm I think I'm a bit too overprotective at times, but sometimes people tell me sometimes it means you're a good dad. But yeah. sometimes I don't know. I just feel like it. It's it kills me more because yeah. I'm the, I feel like all I do is stress and worry about them, like 24-7. How, um, how old are you, if you don't mind
1: me asking? 29.
2: 29. 30 in November. Yeah.
1: I mean, you look good.
0: I'll be 29 in August. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> holding up good, man. Thank you, guys. You sure are. It's, but you are, too.
2: You it. said you're 55?
1: 55. Double dude, nickels. No way. No yeah.
2: more than 45.
1: Thank you. No way. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. It Thank helps you. that I have a younger wife too. She Oh, uh, there you <laughs> go. Which is <laughs> side nice by side knocks up. off a few years. <laughs> yeah. She's even got me exercising in the last couple of days. I've Dude, never exercised yeah. in my life, you know, but Well,
2: how do you feel from that? Uh, I'm sore and, and wondering why the hell did I start this program? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, after the first month or so, yeah. if you can just keep the routine, yeah, you'll just feel better, so much better, and you'll wonder why you didn't. Yeah. Because I've lost ugh, I don't even know. About 60 pounds. Really? And I'm telling you, dude, it's it's different. Like, I can't, like, sometimes I'm like, how did I weigh that much more? That's ridiculous, (laughs) lugging that around. Yeah.
1: But I'm really into this health and fitness thing now. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm a skinny guy. I was 120 pounds in high school, you know, 140 in college. And now I'm 190. And most of that is belly. It's the (laughs) hardest thing in the world to lose. Yeah. So um, I tried dieting a little bit, you know, did the keto thing, mm-hmm. but um, I'm going to have to do more than that at my age. I'm going to have to get a little more active. <laughs> and race cars aren't quite active as they ought to be. I'm, I'm, you know, the shoulders and the arms get a lot of workout, and my mind gets plenty of workout. But
3: um, yeah,
0: you know, hey, your brain sucks up most calories of anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You right. work that brain. Well, we they should...
2: say people who what is it? The people who participate in motorsports. Their hearts or their cardiac rhythms are like NBA players and whatnot. People who run field and track because they're that's a lot of adrenaline. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. constantly on edge and just you know heightened senses and everything. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: and I, you know I gotta say if if you're doing let's say you're on a two mile road course, that's the kind of racing I do. Yeah, um, which is just you know multiple turns in different directions. You got S's and kinks and you got straightaways and elevation changes and all these great things. So, when you're going down a straightaway at 160 huh. and your heart is just like, wow. Yeah, you, you got a time to braking perfect. Yeah, and you're <laughs> going to do that for 20 minutes straight for the you know the length of the heat race. And then you come back to the pits, and I swear, man, your hands are shaking from yeah. the adrenaline. You can hardly undo your helmet. <laughs> and you're just in these people are all around the car, and you're just like, just give me a minute. Yeah, I have just to compose myself. Can I have a water, please? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I got to pee really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm. ever since I was a kid, I've always been into a game called Forza Motorsport, and it's just track racing. Okay. That's all it is. Yeah, and I still to this day, that's like when I do play a video game, I will jump on that for hours and just get lost in the track races. Awesome. because that's my thing. And eventually, like that's what I'm always what I wanted to do was somehow financially stabilize my life to get into some sort of racing. Yeah, and then last month I got this RX8. And the kids, they're like, you got a race car, you got a race car. And it's got aftermarket exhaust and it spits flames. And every time we go anywhere, <laughs> can we take the race car? No, there's not enough seats. CC can stay here. We want to go in the race car. And <laughs> we do it. But
1: <laughs> Man, I need you to come out to Memphis. That's our closest track. Yes. And uh, have you ever been out there with No, car? but I would love to go. <laughs> From time to time, they have uh, what are called open track days where yes. you can just go out there and you sign up. You, you uh, go through a small short tech inspection Mm -hmm. um, sign a waiver they check your helmet make sure it's certified whatever and you get to go out and do 20 minute sessions and you can start off just doing follow the leader behind an instructor and kind of work your way up to where you're you're actually out there, you know, pointing people by or going past people or whatever. And man, that sounds awesome. It's, it's so That sounds great. like a field That's crazy. It's great because when you're out on the track, everybody's going the same direction. Yeah. Nobody's texting. You don't have to worry about deer or anything right? like that. You got flaggers at every corner. Um, so if there is something going on up there, you're going to know about it. So you yeah. can really go all out as fast as your car and you want to go Oh man. without any worries. You, know? <laughs> you might That's have to word. worry about a concrete wall or something
0: like go-kart racing yeah. but a lot faster yeah. and a lot more dangerous yeah. Yeah. And, and you pay for
2: whatever you break <laughs> yeah. yeah oh
0: man that sounds fun
1: yeah the cars do get more expensive too I, that's tough well, i don't that's, think that's the rx8 would hold in. up to the to the c8 but that would be
2: fun <laughs> yeah i tell
1: you and there's so many different classes there's a class for for you and uh my son has an atsv with a, oh yeah. yeah so he he's going to come out uh, i think uh, the scca track night in america is, is usually on a tuesday night yeah you know it's after everybody gets off work and we'll go out there I think it starts at like 4pm and we'll stay out there till dark and just making laps and just having a great time heck yeah and uh, you meet so many good people and interesting people from various walks of life who all have the same bucket hobbies. list yeah I mean like me I, I couldn't afford to do this until I was my age yeah you know I could that's why I went to college instead of 18 years old I didn't go racing because I didn't right. have any money so there's a lot of old guys at the races for that reason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to be uh one of the guys wearing you know there's a kind of a stereotypical corvette owner he's oh my God, he's goodness. wearing the uh like
0: knee high white socks. Yeah,
1: Walmart jeans and the Reebok, big white Reebok. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know it. You know it. I try not to be one of those people.
2: Hey man, that's comfortable. Whatever. Yeah, man. whatever works. Yeah, at some point you got to say forget fashion. If it's comfortable, it's comfortable. That's Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've learned
0: that. Now. I'm getting to that. <laughs> well, yeah. Like
2: I, I was hoping you wouldn't mind the way I dressed. I'm wearing like old shoes and basketball shorts <laughs> and a Walmart shirt. It's like, man, I just. I, i'm uncomfortable man, man that's, that's how, I how I like eyes are stretchy now so yeah, man. <laughs> i'm
1: perfect i don't even wear a belt <laughs> <It's> <laughs> love, so, it. love it yeah
2: man my favorite thing to do is just sit around and talk i love sitting around and talking and i knew tonight was going to be so good because i love meeting strangers yeah. i used to love being in sales i used to sell four-wheelers and, and atvs and whatnot in little rock and I'm not saying I was the best at it, but I really enjoyed talking to people, people sometimes I, I got sidetracked talking to people instead of just selling the products, yeah. you know and doing that yeah but uh, just diving into a good conversation, you can't pay for it, man. you yeah. just experience
1: it. It's awesome. I love what y'all are doing. I love Thank that you. um you know there's just so many talented people in this town mm-hmm. that a lot of us will never hear from and and maybe you can root them out one at a time and get them in here to I'm talk to man I want to yeah. get my
2: studio going I've got the shop at the house I want to put the back a studio for making any sort of music or animation arts cartoons whatever in the front i got a two-bay garage and i want to get an engine stand in there and just anybody who wants to come and work on their cars or just something in there yeah. you know let's hey let's bust this project out and then next project in come on guys let's learn how to we can learn together whatever yeah. team project, community projects absolutely and um that would be cool another weird thing i was thinking of so for years i've always been like calling batesville bates vegas when I was walking through Walmart today, I seen a shirt that said Bates Vegas. Also for years I've also said I wanted to like buy that property on Ramsey Mountain that's got that for sale sign with all the trees mm-hmm. and I want to put a big Bates Vegas sign there. Well then all these all these vehicles, I don't understand how they haven't put more lighting up on Ramsey Mountain. So at night when people, you know, it's easier to see and it just give it that that pop, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So why not put, like, a Bates Vegas thing around and, like, LED lights? I don't know. I'm just, I'm fixated like with Kind of like a that. Hollywood sign? Yes. Yeah. Exactly like it. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe Mayor Rick Ellenbaugh will hear you. Man, I am trying to put Batesville on so the map. So what's up with Bates Vegas? What is that about? I don't know, man. Something weird about Batesville.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you spend enough time here, you will be drawn back here. Yeah. I don't care how great you do, you're going to come back here. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. I, mean, I, I love it. I, I, You know, I've lived all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington uh, spent a lot of time in the mountain states when I was rodeoing up in Idaho and Oregon, all very beautiful. Yeah, but I the cost of living was so high, and you never could really find work that would support that. I don't right. you know unless you were working for Boeing or something. <laughs> um, and also the, the the cooking was terrible. It was <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I kept moving back south. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep moving south until until the food's pretty good and and, you know, people talk normal and uh yeah and the and the cost of living isn't so high. And so Arkansas to me was uh
0: perfect Oh I
1: love this place. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I love calling it my home state and I've learned to be very careful about who In my family, I brag to because they, <laughs> they start moving up here, you know. Yeah, and, uh, but I don't blame them less like paradise, <laughs> yeah, right? There's too many people now, you know. So, but you proved
2: my point, you've been all over, experienced the most beautiful places, and look at you
1: back yeah, home in Arkansas. This is it, man. When I'm out on uh Greer's Ferry Lake, for instance, yes, oh, beautiful, dude, I, just, God, I just can't believe I'm you know there and I'm this is my state and I get to call it home, and yeah, um, so. Yeah, I, I do love it here. And, and the cost of living is still relatively low, which makes it even more attractive. <laughs> That's so, what I always try to tell everybody.
2: Yeah, Like my brother, he wants to save up money, move to Colorado. He almost did it a couple of times. All these other people, oh, let's go out west, California, this and this. It's like, man, <laughs> if you can find a good job and get planted here, it's one of the best places to live. And <laughs> you're going to make the most money. So you can make, you can pay $2 million for you know, half an a, acre, yeah,
0: exactly in in, in LA,
2: <laughs> yes, or you could pay have what pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the same house, yeah. and how much money do you have left to live your life? That's right. Why would you do that to yourself? It's no sense. No I'm sense with you at
1: all, I, but I hope I'm glad that they stayed out there. I hope all those people, <laughs> yeah, leave yeah. it for us. If y'all come out <laughs> I here, I want them to son. come here. <laughs> so I, I love that. I love that Arkansas and states like Arkansas and Kentucky and places like that are still just seem like a, a relatively secret thing. Yeah, it's not,
2: they want to think we're backwoodsy and dumb yeah, back here. That's fine. That's buddy. fine with me. We Let got, got think it. it, man. Stay away.
1: <laughs> Stay away. I'm real careful about who I invite up here, you know, definitely. <laughs> Cause they're going to go back and tell their friends. Right.
0: So. <laughs> no, I think good. a lot of the beauty is hidden, honestly. Cause you know, most people driving through are just kind of like in the towns and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. But since I've started my new job, you know, we'd make deliveries to... In the uh, middle of nowhere. People, yeah. <laughs> but, like, driving through those areas... The scenery. It's oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. You're like, I didn't know that was here. That's like insane. It doesn't even look like Arkansas. Well, it's yeah.
2: almost like Canada. Going towards uh, Mountain View, where it's looking off that cliff, and you're just on a highway, and it's just miles and miles of hills and trees. Yes. And it's, it's beautiful. Like, we
0: were going through this one area of Melbourne... And, I mean, everything was just so green and, yeah. like, I don't know. Everything was just – the the only way I can describe it is luscious. Yeah, <laughs> I like <it>. yeah. Like, <laughs> full of life. The trees, you just look at those, and it's, like, it's a thick tree. It's not some wimpy <laughs> tree in the middle of a town that's been growing for 10 years. It's this is like a 200-year-old board. tree. Yeah. And all this – trees that are blooming right now and they're in the spring is it's crazy yeah. and you see all these farmlands and stuff and then and you got amazing. some city
2: slicker listening to the show and like what is he talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. why <laughs> do they think like that? they're all the Ew. same it's just get a
0: lost <laughs> go to the country and get lost that's it yeah. yeah i love that and everywhere
1: i've ever lived my strategy for finding a place to live was always to just drive yeah i drive take the back roads get lost And i don't know man just after a week or so of doing that or a couple of weekends i always found a place yeah i remember one time in washington state there was this mobile home sitting in this pasture next to a bay and there were salmon run up the creek (laughs) and the trailer was empty yeah but there was this big log house and I, i knocked on their door and i said you know i'm in the air force and i'd really like to rent this place and they were an old couple, and they rented that trailer to me. Wow. That was the first time I <laughs> caught a salmon, by the way. Nice. So you never know, man. You just got to go out and get lost and knock on some doors. And you never yeah. know where you can end up living.
2: Well, my Mercedes that I just bought, it books for right, under 8, 000, or right at 8,000. I was just driving down Gap Road, and I seen it for two months. and kept seeing it, kept seeing it, and I called one day. And I was like, ma'am. If you don't mind me asking, I'm not going to bug you with a ton of questions. Just how much are you asking for it? And she told me, and it was less than half. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just go get it. And I I forgot where I was going with this. I'm sorry. I I don't know (laughs) where (laughs) you're going with this. So you got a good deal
3: then? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, shit. I got to stop smoking.
0: We're going to take a quick break to let you hear about one of our sponsors. Thank you
2: what's up guys you need a gun my buddy matt's got guns over at fords guns and more at 87 batesville boulevard batesville arkansas phone number 870-668-3368 open monday through saturday 9 to 6 they offer in-store and curbside pickup go check matt out Well, see my mom she was uh she's final stage of renal failure um, uh-huh. Doing dialysis. Oh. She's had breast cancer three times. Oh, this damn. and that. Been through. Here her... I am
1: talking to you about misery. You know all about it. You've oh, seen it man. up close. No, I've, I've
2: watched my parents go through some stuff. Dad died at eighteen, so, uh-huh. or yeah, when I was eighteen. So yeah. I had to just pick up and go for there, and I've been running with it ever since. So good on you, dude. Um, That's it right. It was horrible for her until she finally started smoking, and yeah. she and I'm talking like every month. At least two, three weeks admitted in the hospital. You know, birthdays in the hospital. Everything. We would go there to celebrate holidays. Mm. So when she started smoking, it was instant. Just everything changed. They even started taking her off some of her medicines because she started doing better. Yeah. And just the stigma related to marijuana
1: Isn't and THC silly? products. It's so silly.
2: Blows my mind. It literally cures. Yeah. It it the seizures. For these children and, and adults alike, everybody, the stigmas kill the greatest things. It's, it's unfortunate. You know,
1: I, I mentioned earlier my parents, and, and, you know, they split up when I was seven. When I was 14. I ran away to find my father and all that. But in between all that, I stayed with my grandparents a lot. Mm. The greatest generation, World War II, the Great Depression, all that stuff. Man. And, you know, they, I'm so. So glad that I got to live with them for a while because it just gave me a new perspective on yeah, life, a different perspective. Sure. And um damn, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, what were we talking about?
2: What were your you grandparents? You were with your grandparents. Yeah, were what were you talking about?
0: Oh, uh, THC. THC. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I can't remember. <laughs> <sure>. Right. <laughs> so
1: you know, I grew up. My granddad always said, you know, it was just drugs are drugs and this is horrible and it'll make you psycho it's like pcp you jump off buildings and all this kind of (laughs) shit right but um of course in high school i experimented in college you know i was pretty heavily involved in it yeah um and then over the years you know i didn't do much but now that it's a medical thing and you can get a card and be legal and all that you know it, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of that stigma away not all of it but, I can but at tell least you, there's some backing behind it that's like, okay, well, I guess. Yeah, it's you know, because there's taxes to be collected on it now. Yeah. They finally got <laughs> smart. Um, but my mother, my mother is uh, 78 years old. She suffers from some major illnesses. Mm-hmm. One of them is um, the osteoporosis, where her back is really curved yes. and she's just um, always in pain. Weak bones yes. and stuff, yeah. Always in pain, this poor lady if it wasn't for marijuana i don't think she'd be alive yeah the, the amount of pills they had her on to treat every symptom that the drugs created right so Cost this drug so created something i like give you another drug and give you another drug she had like 20 pills that she had to take in a day and stephanie my wife was like you got to stop this you know and and so we we got her hooked up with the little marijuana yeah. She had to learn how to smoke it. <laughs> that <laughs> but, was my mom's problem. She's
2: like, I don't. I feel
1: bad for doing this. And I was like, just hit it and see how you feel. Yeah. And so once she get caught on, man, she's she's taking like six bottles of pills now instead of twenty four or whatever yeah, it yeah. was. So.
2: And I know a lot of people laugh like, oh, who takes twenty four? There are people there out are there that realistically, if they don't take those pills, they won't make it. That's right. You have to. Yep. Because one pill
1: creates some sort of side effect and this other mm-hmm. pill corrects that and it's yeah. just one big chain of events yeah you could throw all that crap away and smoke a joint and, and oh, eat I'm a pizza you, it. you know and it's true. just crazy speaking it. of I'm side bad. effects
0: <laughs> you can take what i'm about to tell you what you will this is about the vaccine mm-hmm.
2: yeah let's hear it i've been yeah. hearing
0: some shitty things my uh grandpa got the johnson and johnson and apparently it's been taken off the market that's Because recently, with the one dose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, And my great aunt, his brother's wife, got the same thing. Well, here recently, he was just in the hospital and found he had AFib. Well, she just got the shot not too long ago, and um, she had to go to the hospital. What? And she had AFib. What? Correlation. Now... I'm not saying theories. that they already didn't both have heart problems, but who's to say that the the shot mm-hmm. might have done something there? H- have you had it? No. Not yet. I'm Me either. Probably be yeah, a good they idea. They
2: offered us that bad boy, and I told
0: them no. Yeah. <laughs> not not the Johnson & Johnson, but well, as many I'm people just, as not, I see in a day. I'm not okay with. It <laughs> probably be a good idea for me to do something. Do
2: something? <laughs> <laughs> well, haven't you had it? Mm-mm. No. No? no? I
0: got tested and... Didn't have nothing. Well,
2: it's not that fun. <laughs> you haven't had it?
0: No. No.
1: Oh, you've actually had COVID. Yeah. It oh, feels, yeah, I've had for some me, friends that had it. My
2: family, it was about two weeks of losing all energy and pretty much all functions for about two weeks. And then them slowly, me nursing them back to health. For me, I don't know. I've always had a crazy immune system. I was out for a day and a half. And I swear, it felt like somebody hit me with the truck, backed it up, and just parked it there. Hmm. And then, but after that second day, I woke up and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna make it." But I was really, <laughs> for a second, I was legitimately sitting there. You know, you ever been so bad where you just questioned it? You were just like, "Is this hmm. for real? Like, this is gonna be the one?" Mm-hmm. And I was there. I was at that door. But I'm. St- I guess I am that stubborn because they were like, "You need to go to the doctor." No, I'm just just isolate me. No. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> That's amazing too how it affects so many people differently. Oh, you know? yeah. Some people, my,
2: my nephew, part. didn't even, not a symptom, not one. Yeah. But he was positive.
0: Wow. Well, here's another thing on the no symptoms. Apparently, there was some doctor in Texas that was taking people who had no symptoms at all, like symptomatic yeah. and asymptomatic. Yeah. And uh, x raying their chest to look at their lungs. And like 80 something percent. Of people who had no symptoms at all mm-hmm. still had extensive lung, lung scarring, to the point where their lungs just look cloudy. Wow. For What's that?
2: What What's causing that? The, the, the disease. The them up virus
0: just causing damage to your lungs. God. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you don't show any symptoms, even though it's just destroying you. Mm-hmm. That's horrible, man. Lord.
1: God, Lord <laughs> help us.
3: <Yeah.
1: laughs> well, man, if if you don't mind, I'd like to close by reading something off the Sure, buddy, Go for it. Yeah. It's just uh, I'm ad-libbing this part. I didn't even think about it before, but this yeah, may, dude, this may you sum up do. something. So this is on the back cover of my novel, Vicariously Me, and you can get this book on Amazon. It's also available at Barnes & Noble and other places, but Amazon gives you Usually, um, I think they can offer it from 16 to to 8 8.95 for the price and free shipping. So I'd cool. go to Amazon if for you. Plus, <laughs> all the proceeds that we make off this book go to St. Jude's. Awesome. We've oh, awesome. raised quite yes. a bit of money for them already, so it's wonderful. This is on the back cover from Vicariously Me. My short time in prison as a young man convinced me that life is fragile and often short-lived. It gave me a perspective that I only had one shot to make my mark on this world. Though fate played a part in what I became, much of my success had to do with the anger that fueled me. It propelled me forward. Johnny Outlaw, and that's the main character of the book. Note from the author. I found out early in life that entertainers and athletes were overvalued, way overvalued, and yet people who have other gifts go unnoticed and are undervalued. A tall man who throws an orange ball into a hoop from 30 feet away. They wrap an arena around him and sell tickets to pay his salary of $30 million. And yet, a mother who gives birth and nourishes our future struggles to eat and gets no respect when walking down the street. Do you ever think about how much a hedge fund manager makes in comparison to a Navy SEAL? I do. There was a time when I wanted everyone to notice me. I wanted everyone to know who I was. Now, I watch others do what I used to do. And I feel the force to go out there and do that again. But I cannot. I won't. Now, I know who I am. What I am capable of. Bad and good. I know my limitations too. Hey, I don't live in the middle of freaking nowhere without good reason. I once heard, it's okay to be wonderful, but on the way to wonderful, one must first be all right. It took me a long time to figure that out. And that's me.